the year 2020. The moon has been explored and colonized, and the next space goal is about to be reached. The first landing by man on the planet Venus. Well, we all remember the important and significant events from 2020. Chris Evans leaking his own dick pic. Daredevil and flat earth conspiracy theorist Mike Hughes dying after crashing his homemade rocket while attempting to prove the earth was flat. And Kanye West continuing to be batshit crazy. But I'm going to guide you through some lesser known and interesting things in Torrin's Guide to Everything 2020 in Review. On a personal note, 2020 was interesting for old Torn Atkinson. You know, uh, he got married. He started and finished his Ruination, what do you call it, animatic slash short film slash cartoon slash commercial for <laughs> my Ruination role-playing game that I've been working on for 10 years. I entered it into the Intergalactic Imagination Connoisseurs Film Festival, and it went up this week. On the Burnett Work YouTube page. And and I'll post it in the Torrance Guide to Everything Facebook page if you happen to be in that. And you should be. And what else happened? And I did not get coronavirus, although, although I took three tests. I took two. Here's my story about uh, <laughs> my coronavirus tests. The first time, I was just I, you know, I just had a sore throat. I was at work. I had a sore throat. It, it was like early in the game. I was actually working in the animation studio and so i thought well i can't be spreading this around the animation studio so i will go get a test took the day off uh it came back within 24 hours uh, and they put the swab they did the old swab in the nose the old brain tickle as they call it and the doctor put it in there or the uh, nurse i guess possibly put it in there for about like five or six seconds and i was like well that was not as bad as i expected it wasn't great the second time, I had a full-blown panic attack, hyperventilating. Hyperventilating. This has never happened to me before. My arms and legs started to go numb. I was like in the bathroom. <laughs> I had my uh, oh, was she my wife then, or was she just my uh, fiance? Anyway, I had her call nine one one. She's from Taiwan, where in Taiwan you dial one one nine, and so I was like, dial nine one one. She said, there's nobody answering. There's nobody picking up. <laughs> well, we got that sorted out. The uh, The ambulance came with the paramedics. They're like, you're hyperventilating. Here's the trick, what you do. Breathe in for five seconds. Uh, breathe out for five seconds. So that worked for a while. They took me to the hospital. I was there for like God knows how long. Six hours, seven hours. When they discharged me, it was light out. And they did a coronavirus test there. It was like one of the last things they did. So I was waiting around for hours. They took my blood. They did an x-ray. They did all this shit. Meanwhile, the charge on my cell phone was dwindling because I had nothing to do. I didn't bring any comics or anything because it was an emergency. After all these tests, the doctor came in. He asked me about how I was feeling and all this kind of stuff. And he said, your white blood cell count is high. So you probably have an infection of some kind. And we will do the coronavirus test. So he had the nurse put the swab into my brain again. And this time she was digging around in there for 15 seconds. Like we were counting slowly. And they sent me on my way. And again, like within 24 hours, it came back negative. The last time my wife was felt a bit sick. So we went through the drive-thru that was like five minutes away from our house. 
And because I had turned 50 this year, I was allowed to take the gargle test, the new swish test, whatever they call it. Swish. And so my wife, I was driving. My wife was in the uh, passenger seat. She got the brain tickle, and I just had to swish around salty water in my mouth for God a long time, longer than was comfortable even. Uh, They're like, swish it around, swish it around, count to 15 or whatever. I don't know. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was 30 seconds. Who knows? And don't swallow it. She was like, people keep swallowing it. Don't swallow it. So now I was super, super self-conscious about, you know, by telling me not to swallow it, I was probably more prone to swallowing it. That also came back negative. Lucky me. And because of COVID, I had to learn how to use uh, Roll20 in Discord so I can run my uh, role-playing games virtually. But, you know, I'm learning new skills, so that's nice. And I've had a lot of time to watch post-apocalyptic movies. I've been blogging post-apocalyptic movie reviews on my website, torrenatkinson.com. God, what's the most? I just watched last night The Light of My Life, Casey Affleck, which was fine. And I also watched for the first time the movie Fist of the North Star from 1986. What a... God, I don't know if you've seen that. It is really something. Anime at its best slash worst. It's... Ugh. (laughs) I don't know what... I don't... You know what? I'll just read my review from my website. It was a manga. It was an anime television series. Then it was a movie. The Earth was devastated by nuclear war. But also there's a magic martial arts force called Big Dipper Divine Fist. Hokuto Shinken. And multiple characters want to prove themselves to be the most powerful because, well, I guess we're just supposed to understand that's important. And you can only prove you are powerful by killing a bunch of people. Oh, and also by controlling women. So that's the premise. A couple of kids show up to lighten the tone a bit, and that's refreshing. There's kind of a subplot about seeds being able to make the earth green again, but that's kind of glossed over in favor of buildings falling on people and fingers being pushed into manly chests and heads exploding from chi or some such thing also some bad guys are literally as tall as a multi-story building for some reason that's not explained i watched the dub version so i'm sure there were some nuances that i missed plus i'm not that well versed on japanese culture still melodramatic and nonsensical tropes lone wanderer too cool to talk thrown into a chasm uh women as property and psionic powers torrens rating three out of ten and on the topic of movies my number one movie of the year my Octopus Teacher on uh, Netflix, followed by Soul and Trial of, the Sh- a Trial of the Chicago 7, I also quite enjoyed. As well as I'm Thinking of Endy Things, which is delightfully weird. But yeah, My Octopus Teacher, loved it. Anyway, on to the topics at hand. I want to start with something that happened very recently. Found this on the New York Times. Cookie Monster Mural puzzles artist and enrages property owner from December 16th, 2020. By Maria Kramer, Joshua Hawkins said the request seemed pretty weird, but the dark-haired man who made it was offering cash and a lot of it. The man said his name was Nate, and he wanted Mr. Hawkins, a local artist, to paint an enormous Soviet-style mural of Cookie Monster and three Russian words on a commercial building in Peoria, Illinois. When the job was done over Thanksgiving weekend, the man paid in full, and Mr. Hawkins, 33, proudly displayed the mural on his Facebook page. But Mr. Hawkins learned C can also be for caper. Less than a week after the mural went up, Mr. Hawkins said he received a call from the real Nate Comte, who said he had never commissioned the Cookie Monster mural. He also made his feelings about the mural very clear. He swiftly used white paint to cover the wall. 
Mr. Comte expressed fury over the attention that the apparent prank had gotten from national and international news outlets. This is a news, Mr. Comte said, then added an expletive, which I will choose to believe is, oh, let's see. Dag nabbit, I'll give you a headline. Man paints his own building wall. I don't hate art, but I don't know what the hell that was. Mr. Hawkins denied that he had concocted the mural himself. I wish I had the patience to pull this elaborate of of a prank off. Oh, goody. He didn't say. Mr. Hawkins, who apologized to Mr. Comte on his Facebook page, said he was still trying to figure out the real identity of the man who hired him. He has scoured social media for clues, kept an eye out for the fake Nate's truck, and wondered about the connection between the man who hired him and the real Mr. Comte. Hmm. I don't know if it's some friend of his or a pissed-off neighbor or some distant relative that's pulling a prank, uh, but it's curious. One thing Mr. Hawkins said he is confident about, the fake Nate knew Mr. Comte. He knew his building, he knew his name, and he knew he wasn't there, Mr. Hawkins said. Mr. Comte erased the mural despite the consternation of some in the local arts community who expressed sadness and even anger about its removal. Mr. Comte said that he'd received hate mail for painting over the vibrant colors and the Russian words, which put a cookie monster twist on an old Bolshevik slogan, Peace, Land, and Bread. Now I'm the evil Grinch, Mr. Comte said. (laughs) Yes, yes, you are. Uh, Mr. Comte confirmed he had created a Facebook page, graffiti replacement mural, inviting people to post an image to replace the mural he had whitewashed. Okay. The owner will select the winning design and hire a local artist to paint it. So that's kind of nice, the page said. In retrospect, Mr. Hawkins said he could have asked more questions. The design request was an odd one for Peoria, where Mr. Hawkins said businesses usually commission murals of families, celebrities from the city, and animals. I was really hesitant to at first because it's a pretty big mural, Mr. Hawkins said. But the man was offering enough money that Mr. Hawkins would be able to hire a large crew to help him. I thought he was opening a bakery. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Hawkins said Mr. Hawkins said he last saw the man on November 22nd when they met for lunch later that day when the mural was finished Mr. Hawkins called him texted him to come and see it the man never responded and Mr. Hawkins said he has not heard from him since Mr. Hawkins declined to say how much he was paid my only regret is I can't show you the actual mural on a podcast on an audio podcast so google it and I'll put it up on uh, my Facebook page Oh, by the way, did you know I have a Facebook page for Torrance Guide to Everything? Yes, I do. Meanwhile, in Brussels, police were called on a Friday night after a complaint of nighttime disturbance was lodged about a lockdown party in an apartment above a bar in the center of Brussels. When the police arrived, a man was seen climbing out of a first-story window and fleeing along the gutter. The man's hands were bloody. It is possible that he may have been injured while fleeing. Narcotics were found in his backpack. The man was unable to produce any identity documents. He was escorted to his place of residence where he identified himself as Joseph Zajar. 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 I should probably look this up. Fidesz MEP Joseph Shire. Thank you, Euronews. Josef Jair, a member of the European Parliament representing Hungary's ruling right-wing Fidesz party. The Hungarian government has curtailed LGBTQ rights since conservative Viktor Orban was elected prime minister in 2010. Jair, who fronted the Fidesz party in the European Parliament, helped rewrite Hungary's constitution to, quote, protect the institution of marriage as the union of a man and a woman. That tired old rhetoric. 
The Hungarian government has cracked down on LGBTQ rights and on December 7th, along with Poland, voiced strong opposition to a gender equality plan for EU foreign policy. So where was Jair fleeing from? Well, Josef Jair resigned on Sunday after he admitted to breaching Belgium's strict lockdown rules to attend a sex party. The police found 25 naked men at the gathering, including Jair and at least two other uh, European Union diplomats. A local police source said, We interrupted a gangbang. Belgium announced its second lockdown in November with a 10 p.m. curfew. Friday's illegal gathering staged on Rue de Pierre, a few yards from the police station. Smart. Broke Belgium's rules limiting indoor gatherings to four people. Yes, I should say so. I did not use drugs. I offered to the police to take instant tests, but they did not do it. Police said an ecstasy pill was found. It's not mine. I don't know who placed it and how. Jair, who is married to a prominent Hungarian lawyer and judge with whom he has a daughter, asked his family to forgive him in his statement. I deeply regret violating COVID restriction. It was irresponsible on my part. I am ready to pay the fine that occurs. With my resignation on Sunday, I drew the political and personal consequences. I apologize to my family, to my colleagues, to my voters. I ask them to evaluate my misstep against the background of 30 years of devoted and hard work. (laughs) It's getting more and more like uh, Dracula. The misstep is strictly personal. I am the one who owns responsibility for it. So, that's a, you know, that's a decent apology, but what about uh, your apology to the uh, LGBTQ um, community? That's what I want to hear. Uh, the fine, by the way, for breaching the regulation is €250, Euros, which is less than the daily stipend given to a uh, member of the European Parliament for attending Parliament. Jair, as well as two other people, claimed diplomatic immunity when they were discovered at the party, uh, where many had been found wearing little or no clothes. Well... If only diplomatic immunity worked against COVID. Now everybody remembers murder hornets from earlier in the year. But what's going on with them now? Let's have an update. I think so. Are they still a threat? Well, ScienceNews.org released a story titled, Rumors of a Murder Hornet Apocalypse May Have Been Exaggerated, which seems promising. Uh, They noted, and as you may recall, two Asian giant hornets, uh, also known as Vespa mandarinia, were spotted in Washington in B.C. and in May. Although it's been ascribed as a 2020 phenomenon, they actually were discovered uh, earlier in 2019. Scientists have mounted an extensive effort to eradicate them. Officials in Washington found and destroyed their first nest in October, which I will get into. And a map released this year suggests that swaths of challenging habitat might make it hard for the hornets to sweep across America. And the eradication effort is urgent thanks to the insect's reputation. The world's largest hornets have been dubbed murder hornets in part for their deadly assaults on honeybees. Now, what's the other part? Who, who else are they murdering? Uh, there was an early attempt tr- to track a worker to its nest, but that failed when glue used to attach the tracker gummed up the hornet w- hornet's wings. But in October, they successfully tied a tiny tracker to a hornet with dental floss. Ah, yes, dental floss. And followed it to a tree in Blaine, Washington. And the officials have destroyed a nest full of the insects. It was the second nest found in North America. Canadian officials eradicated one in 2019 near a public footpath in a wooded park in Nanaimo on Vancouver Island. My God, I was in Nanaimo this year. And also... I was in Japan last year, which is where I saw firsthand uh, my very first 
Murder Hornet, a.k.a. Uh, what's it called? Vespa Mandarinius? Vespa Mandarinia. A dead one on some stairs uh, in my favorite place in Japan, Amano Hashidate, north of Kyoto. And I'm pretty sure I also saw one flying uh, past my friend's head while we were riding bikes. Uh, and anyway, experts suspect there could be more than the two nests that they have found so far. No shit. The hornet led the team to a nest about three meters up in a tree. The team was prepared for the worst and wore protective suits to extract the hornets, but the cold weather made the hornets docile. The team stuffed foam into the tree above and below the nest, wrapped the tree in plastic to prevent the hornets from escaping, and it vacuumed 85 hornets from the nest and pumped in carbon dioxide to stun and kill any that remained. And in November, the Washington State Department of Agriculture announced that it found almost 500 hornets at different stages of development when it opened the nest. Scientists found that part of the interior of the tree had been gnawed away to accommodate a nest of six combs with approximately 776 cells, each cell capable of holding a hornet as it develops. Entomologist Sven Spikeiger broke down what the team found inside the nest, which included six unhatched eggs, 190 total larvae, 108 pupae, 112 workers, nine male drones, and 76 queens. Almost all those queens would have come with the potential to start a new nest somewhere else next year. Despite multiple applications of carbon dioxide removal of the workers and storage in a cold facility, most of the specimens were still alive when the nest was opened. Yeah. And if you're in Washington and you notice, if you think you see a murder hornet, you can report it to agr.wa.gov slash hornets. Now let's talk about one of my favorite things, words, new words from 2020. What are they? They got in the dictionary somehow because you used them. You old, you old scallywag, you. Okay. Dictionary.com says we've added a wide range of words concerning the animal kingdom, weather, climate change, and the human impact on a changing natural world, such as eco-anxiety. Anxiety caused by a dread of environmental perils, especially climate change, and a feeling of helplessness over the potential consequences for those living now, and even more so for those of later generations. And bombogenesis. This is new to me. Bombogenesis. (laughs) In meteorology, the process that occurs during a 24-hour period when the atmospheric pressure of an extratropical cyclone drops with enough intensity to produce explosive cyclogenesis. Oh my god. Alright, I'm gonna read the I'm gonna read the my god. I'm gonna read the sample sentence before I click on cyclogenesis to find out what that is. The seventy five inches of snow that fell one day in Maine is an example of a low pressure system that underwent bombogenesis. Indeed, the intensification was extremely rapid. Okay. So explosive cyclogenesis is uh, the system that rapidly develops when the central barometric pressure of an extratropical cyclone drops at least 24 millibars in 24 hours, producing potentially hurricane-force winds with very heavy rain or snow. That's a fun one, bombogenesis. Keep that in your 
Holster? I don't know. Wherever it is, you keep words. Puggle! Do you know the word puggle? What is it? Say it out loud now. The definition of puggle is a dog breed created combining a pug and a beagle. Although also a baby platypus. I did not know that. Don't get those confused. Oh my god. Kids, I brought home a puggle today. Watch out for its venom spurs on its back feet. And Z-donk or Zonky both refer to a hybrid between a zebra and a donkey. Uh, here's an interesting one. Sharent. Do you know Sharent? It's a noun. No, it's a verb. No, it's a verb and a noun. My god. Verb to frequently use social media to share photos or other details information about one's child. And in the noun, a parent who frequently shares such personal information on social media. Here's the example sample sentence. If you're going to Sharent, be sure to check your privacy settings to control who sees your posts. And Techlash. What is Techlash? A strong negative reaction or backlash against the largest technology companies or their employees or products. Ah, yes, I have Techlash. Many people have Techlash against uh, Apple's uh, proprietary uh, thingamajiggers. So you can't fix them yourself, and you can only use their Apple cords to go with Apple products. Annoying. The Dunning-Kruger effect is here. Noun, psychology, the theory that a person who lacks skill or expertise also lacks the insight to accurately evaluate this deficit, resulting in a persistent inflation of estimated competence in self-assessments. Oh, that is the word of the decade. Thank you, Dunning and Kruger. Ish is now its own word. Adverb, informal, used to modify or moderate something previously stated or as a vague reply to a question. Somewhat, in a way, not exactly. Here's the sample. It's a decent-ish place to work. Just like how this segment is entertaining-ish. Jabroni. What is the source? I've heard this word, but what is the source of jabroni? Noun, slang, a stupid, foolish, or contemptible person. She always has a combat to own the trolls and jabronis on Twitter. A rendition of the pro-wrestling term jobber, someone who's supposed who loses a lot of matches in order to make another person look better. Although I see also... Early 20th century jaboni, or jabroni from Italian, meaning ham. Hey, jambroni. Nothing burger. An often highly publicized event or situation that is said to have less impact or significance than expected. The meeting of world leaders turned out to be a big nothing burger. Ooh, there's some new phobias. <laughs> Tomophobia is the intense fear of surgery. Nosocomophobia. The intense fear of hospitals. And of course, iatrophobia, fear of doctors. Oh, here's a good one. Nomophobia. Fear of worry at the idea of being without your phone or unable to use it. Do you have it? Do you have nomophobia? I do not. Except for sometimes I do. When I'm in, I've left a restaurant and I'm like, did I just leave my phone in that restaurant? Ah, bottle episode. I've heard this one a lot. An episode of a television series that is confined to one setting and isn't expensive to produce. Uh, We get these in Star Trek. TV producers make bottle episodes to save the budget for more expensive locations. Stan. Are you a Stan? A shortening of stalker fan? An extremely excessive, enthusiastic, and devoted fan? (laughs) This next one is a nickname for a person who has a beard... It's also a person of a type regarded as characteristically having a beard, especially an intellectual, a hippie, a beatnik. 
For example, that guy at the bar last night was a total beardo. Bird colonel. Bird colonel. Noun. This is not slang. <laughs> a full colonel. Oh, it's military. It is slang. It's military slang. U.S. military slang. A full colonel as distinct from a lieutenant colonel. Awesome sauce is now a word. And weak sauce are now both new words in the dictionary. Something that lacks power, substance, or credibility. Pathetic, worthless, stupid. That movie is weak sauce. Let's watch something better. I guess weak sauce is something that you would find in a nothing burger. Something's rotten in Denmark, people, in the year 2020. Dead mink are rising from their graves in Denmark after a rushed cull over fears of a coronavirus mutation led to thousands being slaughtered and buried in shallow pits, from which some are now emerging. As the bodies decay, gases can be formed, said James Mason, I mean Thomas Christensen, a national police spokesman. This causes the whole thing to expand a little. In a way, in the worst cases, the mink get pushed out of the ground. Police in West Jutland, where several thousand mink were buried in a mass grave on a military training field, have tried to counter the macabre phenomenon by shoveling extra soil on top of the corpses, which are in a one-meter-deep trench. This is a natural process. The problem is that the sandy soil in West Jutland is too light, so we've had to lay more soil on top. Adding to the popular concern, local media reported that the animals may also have been buried too close to lakes and underground water reserves, prompting fears of possible contamination of ground and drinking water. Photos and videos of the emerging bodies have set social media buzzing in Denmark. The Danish Environment Ministry said the phenomenon was a temporary problem tied to the decaying process, adding that the area would be monitored 24 hours a day until a fence is put up to avoid potential problems for animals and humans. So a fence, is the fence to keep people out or keep the undead mink in? Okay. Christensen said there was only a small risk to humans from the decomposing bodies, which are disinfected and covered with lime before being buried, because the virus was transmitted mainly by live mink exhaling it into the air. It was possible, however, the small quantities of bacteria may still be trapped in the fur. It was never healthy to get close to dead animals, so therefore this is, of course, something to stay away from. Although I will point out that a bacteria is not a virus. Denmark, the world's largest exporter of mink fur, announced it would cull the country's more than 15 million mink after discovering a mutated version of the virus that could have jeopardized the effectiveness of future vaccines. Two weeks later, in the midst of a political crisis over the legality of its decree, the government concluded that the threat to human vaccines had very likely been extinguished in the absence of any further cases of the mutated version. Uh, this seems like a perfect reason to stop the mink fur industry. To me, I mean, there are other reasons as well, especially if you're a mink. Uh, here's a fun tradition that is continuing uh, in 2020. Maybe we'll see it again in 2021. This is from The Independent. Two pilots are reportedly being investigated after using their flight path to draw, quote unquote, a penis in the sky over Russia. Low-cost Russian airline Pobeda's flight DP-407 from Inukovo to Kostovo, Jesus Christ, on 11th November, can be seen flying as normal for the majority of their journey. 
However, around three quarters of the way through, flight tracking site FlightAware shows the aircraft make a very specific set of detours to make a phallic outline in its flight path. The Boeing 737 jet landed without incident 22 minutes later than scheduled. (laughs) Ah, the altered flight path was allegedly the crew's way of showing solidarity with the Russian football captain Artem Dzyuba, who uh, was recently suspended from his position after footage that showed him appearing to masturbate was leaked online. This was probably the way in which probably the captains expressed their support to Russian team captain Artem Dzyuba and showed their attitude to him being bullied, said a Pobida spokesman. The Federal Air Transport Agency said it is investigating the incident to determine whether the crew had permission to carry out the maneuvers and whether any safety issues arose as a result. Although it may seem a strange show of support, it's not the first time a pilot has used their flight path to make a distinctive shape. Christmas trees, airline logos, plane outlines, and raised fists have all been drawn, while in March this year, a Lufthansa pilot also left a penis outline, although it was unclear whether this was intentional. Which follows an incident in May 2019, two years after a naval jet drew a giant penis in the sky. The full story behind the stunt has finally emerged. The incident hit headlines in November 2017 after a Navy EA-18 Growler warplane flew in an unusual air pattern over Okanagan County in Washington, using the contrails to create some crude sky graffiti. So this wasn't a flight path drawing that you would see only if you were looking at the software. This was actually drawn in the sky with contrails. Uh, Sophomoric and immature antics of a sexual nature have no place in naval aviation today. Vice Admiral Mike Schumacher, the commander of Naval Air Forces, said in a statement. But dialogue between the two junior officers responsible has now been revealed for the first time. The officers had completed a training session and had time to kill when they hit upon the idea of using the jet's contrails to doodle the artwork. (laughs) Draw a giant penis. (laughs) That'd be awesome. One of the officers can be heard saying, "Uh, Yeah, you should totally try to draw a penis. Yeah. (laughs) The pilot replied, I could definitely draw one. That'd be easy. (laughs) They continued, Dude, that'd be so funny. Airliners coming back on their way into Seattle. Just this big fucking giant penis. We can almost draw a vein in the middle of it, too. While the officers noted that their member was a little lopsided, they were pleased overall with the result, reportedly laughing as they flew away and taking pictures of the finished picture. Oh, yeah, that was fucking amazing, huh? The pilot concluded. However, the pair didn't expect the penis to stick around for so long. Who does? In the investigation report, the pilot claimed he had tried to scribble it out by flying across the image to create more contrails. But I found another article from 2015 on Mashable. March 13th, aviation fans who happen to check Flight Radar 24, the popular site that gives users the ability to track the flight paths of planes around the world, might have noticed an odd pattern that a private plane made above Florida. Again, I wish I could share these images with you. Uh, I'll see if I can put them on the Torrance Guide to Everything Facebook page. While it's unknown whether this particular pilot was aware that he or she was drawing a sky penis, I mean, yeah, it's a sky penis. Looking at the image, it's a sky penis. And also in Australia in 2019, no, I'm not finished yet, flight instructor draws a pair of giant penises and writes, I'm bored in sky over Australia. From a single-engine diamond DA-40 as it took off from Parafield Airport, a small regional facility near Adelaide. 
Of course, none of this was visible to people on the ground. The tasteful art of painting privates among the clouds is done in invisible ink, showing only on radar screens and flight tracking websites like FlightAware. The flight instructor with a local school had been assigned to fly the plane for two hours with the throttle at a specific level as part of testing a new engine. Not satisfied with his particular station, he decided to have some fun and join the ranks of great sky penis painters. Well, I guess that wraps up this podcast and the not-so-astounding year 2020. I will see you all in the year 2021, where nothing bad can possibly happen. Hey, it's Sarah from Adventure EXE. Why not tell your friends about Torn's Guide to Everything? If you have ideas for future episodes, questions, or just want to complain... Well, you're going to have to go and like the Facebook page, subscribe to Torn Atkinson's YouTube channel, and tweet him at, at Thickets. And if you like this content, go to patreon.com slash Atkinson and throw him a couple of your Earth dollars. Torin would love it. Music generously provided by Thomas Falk. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the internet. Download. I'm going to download this file.